right. Welcome back to the Agenda Cafe with me, Noreen Mir, and Karen Ko. Let's try this one more time for uh, the, our listeners joining us on Facebook Live. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. Karen, over to you. It's an exciting topic. It is. It is. So just in case you missed um, our first attempt at this topic, we're starting again because we did have some technical problems. But we're talking about sex education in Hong Kong. And it, it's a topic that we have covered in various ways on the Agenda Cafe before. But today we have... Um, Uh, an exciting project to talk about which is ongoing right now and it's being run by the NGO AIDS Concern with funding from the Hong Kong Jockey Club and it's called the Jockey Club Youth Zex Educator Program Zex with a Z and we've got three guests joining us Jason Chan who's the Assistant Program Manager uh, Youth AIDS Concern and also two of the young participants uh, in the program Kitty Chan and Leanne Wu so welcome all of you we've we've fixed our sound problems now Jason and I wanted to start off with you. Can you tell us more about this program? Um, also, why is it Zex with a, a Z? In, in this program, uh, we'd like to train up some youth to help us to promote sex education in Hong Kong. Because we believe that uh, the youth population will know what they want in, in, in the real life. That's why uh, in this program, after the youth uh, uh, attend our workshops, they will decide one um, sex education program and then try to run this program in the community after the workshops and we believe uh, we hope that to uh, we hope that through this program they can help us to find out how the social workers and teachers will uh, can design some program that fits the needs of the youth these days when we would like to work uh, on sex education with them now Jason, we know that sex education generally in Hong Kong is is not very good. Um what what are some of the the problems that we have in Hong Kong and and why hasn't sex education been very thorough and very good in the past? One of the problems that uh, we think is because our sex in Chinese uh, culture it is sort of a taboo. That's why many of the parents and teachers they're not to talk about uh, it openly in school or in the classroom. And that's why um, when they would like to talk about this problem with the youth, they always will use a, um, a manner that's trying to tell the teenagers not to do something, not to do this and not to do that. However, this does not fit the um, needs of the youth these days because the information these days online is very, um, they can easily find, look for some uh, information online these days. And therefore, the teenagers will use the internet to search the information that they want uh, on the internet. However, uh, many of the information that they can uh, search online, they do not have the knowledge to distinguish which kind, uh, which information is correct or not. And uh, because they cannot ask this question in school, and that's why many of the youth have no way to, to learn the correct information about sex education in Hong Kong right now. Jason, I'm very sorry. I think there's a little bit of a feedback. The audio is good. Your voice sounds good. But I think there might be a device nearby that might be causing okay. a bit of a, a, a feedback. So um, just be a bit mindful about that. Mm. So, um, Jason, in terms of the actual program that is being run, you're almost finished. You're almost halfway, right? So, can you tell us? Yeah, like, halfway only. Yeah. What are the modules, or what? What? What is the? I guess curriculum uh, and the topics that you've been covering. Um, in the workshops, apart from some uh, basic sex knowledge, of, uh, like uh, the sexual health issues, of, uh, including some HIV knowledge, some sexually transmitted infection knowledge. We also cover some um, um, 
methodology about um, how to prevent pregnancy and also some uh, uh, personality uh, development uh, concepts in our program. Let's let's bring Kitty uh, into the discussion now. So, so Kitty, you've been in the program. It's uh, almost a, a, well, I guess a few months since it started, but it's halfway through. Tell us a bit more about your background, why you are interested in learning this, and what you've learnt so far. Um, hello, I'm Kitty I'm from the Chinese University of Hong Kong, and uh, I'm interested in gender um, gender related issue because. Um, I'm taking some courses related to gender studies and cultural studies. So I guess, um, like a lot of people in Hong Kong or even in like the um, Asian areas, they have some um, concerns when talking about um, gender, sexuality, and sex. So I think um, it might be important to um, to to have a um, way to to tell people what they um, can do or they should do or um, to, to have a like more comfortable place for them to talk about um, the related issues without being like blamed or think that it's a taboo, that kind of things. So our group, um, um, like we conducted some workshops about um, sexual health um, issues because we think that um, sexual health is not just about physical health. Like you don't have any um, sexual transmitted diseases but uh, we're also concerned about the mental health and also the, so, um, the social well-being. So like in our workshops, we talk about like, um, like some basic knowledge about um, contraceptions and also how to um, prevent um, the STD and also like when you um, really got um, accident pregnancy, how can you get help from like, um, like some institutions or like if your friends um, have this kind of issue, how can you help them? Because um, it's this kind of issue like really can cause a lot of mental issues because like people may not have like well prepared to how to um, handle it. And also we talk about some more like exciting or interesting topics like um, sexual fantasies, um, sexual like habits, that kind of things. So like teenagers may think that like they, they thought that um, sometimes sexual education can be boring and um, scary because like tradi like traditional way to conduct sexual education is to show some um, terrible like photos of um, STD infections or even use some moral judgment or evaluation say that um, it's sinful, you should, uh, you should not do that. But in our um, perspective, we think that we, we don't do any judgmental um, ju like uh, evaluation, we just be like informative, which um, like tell the teenagers like all these kind of things. Um, and the pros and cons, so you can make your own um, informed choice. So, like we we just like give all our knowledge about this kind of um, issue and let the teenager make their own choice because yeah. we believe that they have the ability to make their own decision. That sounds like a fantastic program. It honestly yeah, does. I wish I had that when I was a teenager. <laughs> Not too late, Karen, if you need um, any sort of information or support. Um, so typically, where do young people, where do our youth go to to find out more information um, about sex education? Is it taught at school or are there any groups that they can go to? Where can they find these sort of information typically? Jason? 
I'm afraid I, sorry, I think it's still on mute. Brilliant. Okay. Yes, Jason? Okay. Um, currently, many of the youth in our experience, they will look for some information about sexual health on internet. And many of them will learn a lot. They, they tell us they learn a lot from some adult movies. Indeed, yeah. Because um, oh, wow. um, in Hong Kong, we, we have only a little um, um, website, which is in Chinese, that contains uh, correct sexual health information. Um, many of the websites are in English only, like the uh, CDC from the US, uh, etc. And that's why many of the youth will look for some information uh, on some forum as well, just like uh, some uh, youth forum that they will post their question on it and then uh, look for some answer from the um, uh, internet. Okay, so they, they're just sort of finding out information online and then spreading those information to their peers. So nobody really verifies whether those information they're sp that they're talking about is real. It's not fact-checked. Yeah, it's never fact-checked. That's why a lot of um, mis misleading information will be spread among the youth population currently. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Jason, the other thing, of course, you, you alluded to it is teenagers use porn a lot. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of young teenagers, that's maybe their first um, view of what they think sex looks like, which obviously is totally unrealistic, right? Yeah, that's a very uh, um, real problem because uh, many of the youth do not realize that the uh, prom movie uh, they are being um, they are being produced. Um, most of the uh, um, actors in in the movie uh, are selected. They they, they are not uh, the they're not normal, real life. Uh, yeah, it's not yeah, real they, life. They, they will not happen in the real life. For example, some of the um, uh, young boys they will uh, question ask uh, ask us that is it uh, normal for a um, sexual behavior can last for at least an hour that should be normal yeah and they will doubt why can can i not last for an hour like i can only for uh, last for 15 minutes is it uh, am i am i get a sick or, or some, something like that. Yeah, well, let's put the record straight. That's normal. Okay, if you're lasting for one hour, that's probably not so not normal. normal. You've, you've probably taken some something to, to aid. <laughs> I think let's put the record. Uh, we've got a break for the 2.30 news. Let's return to this really, really important topic with our three wise guests, uh, Jason Chan, Kitty Chan, and also Lian Wu, who's been waiting very patiently. Um, uh, but very quickly, the... Welcome back. You're listening to the Agenda Cafe this afternoon on the One Two Three Show with me, Karen Ko and Noreen Mir. And today we're very excited to have three guests join us to talk about sex education in Hong Kong and specifically a program run by AIDS Concern and the Jockey Club called the Jockey Club Zex, Youth Zex Educator Program. So I'd love to bring. I've got. We've got Jason Chan, who is from AIDS Concern, Kitty Chan, and also Leanne Wu. So Leanne. I'd love to bring you into the conversation, and I understand that the area that uh, you've been working on is sex culture in Hong Kong. So tell us, what is Hong Kong's sex culture among the youth, and what have you discovered? Oops, I think you're we on... We now have two oh, extremes. So one group of youth would have like extensive knowledge about... Um, you know, sex education and sexual health, but then at the same time, you have another extreme, which is like, they know literally nothing or they have all the wrong informations. And um, that's what we've come to realize. And what we wanted to do was to actually just, oh, our program, our workshop was basically based on just trying to stir up the conversation and engage um, young people to be more 
um, engaged in the topic and more essentially willing to discuss it. Because, um, you know, we can't necessarily have a healthy education if you're not willing to start up the conversation. Absolutely. It all starts, uh, well, by talking. That's why we're talking about this on, on public radio. Uh, Leanne, you mentioned something very interesting just now, and that is you said sort of two groups. One group knows nothing, and then the other group knows a lot. Where is that group that knows a lot getting their information from? Um, a lot of, like, also online platform, but more of organizations like AIDS Concern or... Um, other, you know, NGOs, you know, they would go actively online and look at those organizations and the information that they post, or at the same time, just um, maybe some not local organization sources. Um, whoops, sorry. Uh, so, Kitty, we're, we're having to share. Yes, we're sharing well. mic. Kitty mentioned earlier, um, you know, not being judgmental when you're both discussing this, when people are sharing their stories, when you're teaching it. Do you find, um, Leanne, that in Hong Kong there are quite a few old-fashioned gender stereotypes? For example, that that girls, if they have knowledge about sex, it means they're slutty. At, at the same time, boys are supposed to know everything and have a lot of experience, even if they're, you know, very very young. Um, do you think? Do you find that there, a lot of these gender stereotypes still exist? Um, like sadly, Kid. yes, because. Um, um, yeah, can, can you hear me? Yes, yes. yes. Ah, okay, good. Um, I mean, yeah, sadly, yes, because um, like now sex is still a taboo in like Hong Kong culture. So um, a lot of time, like especially when it comes to like um, gender, um, people may think that it's okay for male to know about it, uh, know a lot about um, like um, sex, but um, if it's female, then like being too sexually active is not a good thing, like in um, Hong Kong culture. But I mean, um, we are trying to promote um, like uh, one of the one of the ideas we are trying to spread is that knowing a lot about um, sexual knowledge or like um, you you have the um, understandings about um, sex issues doesn't mean that you're really um, sexually active or like promiscuous that kind of things or even you are promiscuous you are sexually active then it's okay if it's like consensual and you don't do any harm on other people then like we, we won't judge but um, like sometimes it may be like so hard to challenge the um, the, the social culture, that kind of things, because it's like so deep rooted in people's mind. But we are just trying, like trying our best to spread this kind of message. Like um, when a person knows this, then um, he or she can tell other people, then we can spread this message. So I guess that's what we are trying to do. Yeah. And how knowledgeable are sort of young people these days when it comes to things like STIs um, and, and sexuality? Um, Leanne, do, do, do young people know a lot about STIs? Uh, depends on which group you're asking. <laughs> the, the, the two groups. That right? you, well, one knows yeah. a lot, the other doesn't know any. <laughs> yeah. Or there's just a lot of mis uh, misinformation going around. But um, essentially, I think people have generally an idea what an STI is. And generally, oh, but not necessarily like all the information. And, you know, if you got any STI, like where you, where you can um, go to for help or resources or anything. But essentially, I think they have a very, very basic knowledge of what STI is. And that's basically it. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, and and how do you get people to be more open? How do you get young people to lose the fear of embarrassment or, you know, to 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 not want to hide? For example, if they have an STI, they're too embarrassed to say tell their parents or even to tell their friends. How do you get how do you reach young people to say it's okay to talk about these things and it's actually important to talk about these things, Leanne? Um, for from our experience is basically just creating a safe space. It's just like before we start anything, we just tell that um nothing in this room leaves this room. It's to establish the safe space that you know is not necessarily a secret, but it's okay to share it, and no one's here going to judge you. And it's just to establish this kind of mutual trusting, or just to tell them that you're not out there to get them. Right, like, right. Uh, one, one of the things I know that you've um, discovered is that it's good to teach this in, in small groups. Is that right? Yeah, because um, the participants can reach out to you easily or they could like maybe after the workshop, they could put you aside and like ask you for more information. And this just forms a closer connection and a stronger connection between uh, within the group. Okay, well, let's return to, uh, to this topic uh, very quickly, maybe after uh, we, we play a trail. Um, do bear with us. Uh, we're talking about, we're talking to two sex educators today and how to uh, equip our young people with better uh, sex education and also attitudes uh, towards sex. Do it, do it. Sunday afternoon. Do it, do it. On Radio 3. It's the Sunday session with the homie Simon Wilson. RTHK bang loud through the building. Radio 3 on the dial, no question. Frequency 5. Six seven is the weapon. Hey DJ HK Airplay. One to four PM every Sunday. Hong Kong's finest. DJ Simon brought to you live from RTHK.HK. Frequency five six seven AM. Radio three. DJ Simon. Top of Hong Kong Sundays where you find him. Yeah. Simon Wilson. Do it, do it. Sunday afternoons from one. Do it, do it. This Sunday morning on RTHK Radio 3, join me, Colin Aitchison, for Vintage Chart Toppers. The song is ended, but the melody lingers on. Here we're going to look at the hits, those million record sellers from the years the 1920s to 1950s. This was the era when you had exercise winding up the gramophone, having to get out of your couch to turn the record over. There was no MP3s. There was only 78 RPM. There'll be a few memories and a few laughs. That's the Vintage Chart Toppers, Sunday morning, 8.30, here on Radio 3. Lingers on. Hong Kong's top story is back. How do you face isolation, feel lonely, or welcome the peace? Write a story with our theme, Solitude, in less than 2,000 words and win great prizes. The deadline is 27th November. For more details, please visit radio3.rthk.hk. Welcome to the 
Common Room with Alison Howe, where you find inspiration. We are a youth organization empowering young people to reach their full potential in Hong Kong. Career Insight. I am a international chocolate judge and also an international chocolate taster. And plenty of entertainment. Hello, Hong Kong. This is Luis Capaldi here. I'm Dua Lipa. Hello, everybody. We're Maroon 5. Stay tuned to Alison Howe. Hey, this is Lady Gaga. What's up, Hong Kong? This is Lau. Stay tuned to Alison Howe. Come and hang out with us in the common room. Weeknights at 9 on RTHK Radio 3. Right, due to some unforeseen technical error, we're back right now on Facebook Live. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. And we're talking to three wise guests, three wonderful guests that have joined us. Uh, Jason Chan, who's the Assistant Program Manager of Youths from AIDS Concern, and also Kitty Chan, uh, who is a sex educator. And her topic of choice on her team is uh, sex, health, and available local support service, along with Leanne Wu, whose uh, topic is sex culture here in Hong Kong and before uh, all that break we, we were just sort of gauging the, the knowledge that young people have uh, about sex education and where did they actually get sex education uh, you know apart from the, the few classes that they have at schools where else can they seek a safe space to discuss uh, these topics which can often be seen as taboo but of course it's not really taboo you know you and I are here uh, on the radio people are listening on the radio because our parents I'm sorry to put that out there they had sex that's why we're here so you know it really isn't it really isn't as taboo as we think sorry to put that image in in people thank you noreen and i have three kids so i had sex too exactly (laughs) more than three times Uh, anyway let's talk about the the community projects that you're doing because we know that that right now between august and october you're putting what you learn into practice right You're, you're coming up with these community project trials so um uh, maybe uh, Kitty and, and Leanne, would you like to share what, how that's going and exactly what you're doing? You know, Leanne, do you want to go first? Leanne's, Leanne's okay, going right. first. Yeah, Leanne. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically right now our project's kind of done. Our workshop's kind of like done and over, but um, essentially we kind of split our workshop into four parts. Sorry, and- I might need to ask somebody else to mute their mic so that it's only Leanne's mic is, is on. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) The era of technology, and sometimes it works and sometimes it... it, Yes, much better. Yes, sorry. Go on, Leanne. It's better. Okay. Um, So basically, essentially, we split our workshop into four parts. And um, we mostly talk about just um, generally sex positivity and trying to teach... um, trying to teach our um, participants to have a more open-minded approach or basically just to not judge each other based on stereotypes. For example, like we had this exercise where we have to guess if this person was a drag queen or if this person was a male or female or like what their gender is, what their sexuality is. And that was basically just to um, make them think about who these people are except for the gender and sexuality like there's always a deeper level of who this person is than just you know their expression and that's what we're trying to bring out is just to make sure people don't judge so that we could create a better better space in society in general so that we can talk about this and you know to open more conversations so we can actively talk about this and it's not seen as like a sin or like a taboo absolutely sorry go on kitty um, like for us, we we uh, we also like finished um, all our four workshops, and um, 
like we invited like mostly uh, most participants in our uh, workshops are actually our friends but um like with like after the workshops we found that like in daily life we 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 like we didn't ha even have opportunities or or like we, we don't really talk about um, sex with our friends but because of this kind of workshops we invite our friends so we create a comfortable environment for us to like discuss about this kind of issues so like um, both our groupmates and also our friends um, thought that it's really a good opportunity and um, um, like some of our activities is about um, like um, sex fantasies, which I think is like really exciting and interesting, like um, according to my friends feedback, because like um, normally we, we don't really um, talk about our like sex fantasies, like um, some people may have like some really wild that kind of um, like quotation wild sex fantasies like they are so afraid or nervous to discuss this uh, with other people because they're afraid to be like judged or evaluated or even think that um, they're a strange person they're weird but in our workshops we, we say that it's like so normal to have or do not have any sex fantasies and um your sex fantasies is okay, but you don't have to like put this fantasy into reality because all you need, uh, all your like actions need consent with other people, and um, like you need to make sure it's safe and it's like legal and um, you like most importantly you have consent from other people. Otherwise, that's kind of like sexual violence. So like I think um, this part of workshop really like raise a lot of awareness of our participants because they think that oh it's like really a like kind of new perspective of um, thinking about sex. Um, Kitty, just since you mentioned consent, that's a really good topic because there's a lot of confusion about what constitutes con consent. Do you, do you find that young people do have a clear idea of what what is what consent means and how do you indicate it? How do you ask for it? All those kinds of things. Um, I mean, like now we have more and more consent education thanks to like some amazing um, organizations, but still a lot of people do not have the clear idea of what consent is. So like in our workshop, we also um, tell the um, participants what consent because uh, like we think that it's really important in like not only sexual behaviors but also in like every movement in your daily life because consent is so important it shows like respect to other people like you you respect others like willingness or opinions so we say that like consent have a lot of criteria like um the the like the um the person you ask for consent must be um, aware, like conscious, like yes. um, she or he shouldn't be like asleep <laughs> or, or drunk or on drug, like this kind of things. And um, oh, and also there are a lot of useful information in the internet. There's a, a YouTube video um, named Consent Tea, tea. used yes. tea as a metaphor. <laughs> so yes, like it's that. so brilliant. Like use tea as a metaphor to like illustrate how can you get consent and like under what kind of circumstances you shouldn't like force it. So I guess it's um, useful and um, 
we are still trying to like break some misunderstandings or misconceptions about consent because sometimes people may think that oh um we are we're a couple uh, we are in a, a stable relationship that means uh, she or he can have sex with me or uh, if he or she kissed me then we can have sex but we're trying to say that like each step in your movement you should have consent if she or he kissed you but she or he do not want to have sex then it's okay it's totally fine just like ask so that's like um, the consent education we are doing that's a brilliant video as kitty mentioned if you haven't seen the tea and consent that they do use the tea as an uh, analogy you know does a person asleep want tea no, no. so if, does a person asleep want sex probably no, no. so it's very uh, v- yeah very interesting apart from young people i want to sort of branch out a little bit sometimes it's the older generation that have a perhaps a more sort of um not not ev- not not everybody i mean you know i feel I'm like old. i'm old yeah i'm old too <laughs> uh, but you know the to, to to not have such an open mind when it comes to talking about sex and still think of it as a bit of a taboo. They don't want to discuss it with their children because they're worried if you talk about sex with your children, they'll go out and have sex. But, you know, here's news. They're probably having sex, you know, whether you talk about it. Yeah, anyway, so you may as well talk about it. So uh, how should young people be addressing these topics with their parents? Or, you know, it's it's an embarrassing topic to, to, to bring up. If your parents don't bring up this topic, you're not really likely to. Maybe Leanne, I don't know. I, I, yeah, maybe you can answer this question. Sex culture here in Hong Kong. Are parents part of this culture? And how do we how do we involve them to make them a part of this uh, sort of sex culture to, to facilitate dialogue between young people and, and their parents? I think most essentially all parents, they're just here to look out for you. Like they want to make sure no harm is done, um, is done to you. Mm-hmm. So we kind of have to just remove this not like slut shame culture but all, all i mean we have to remove the slut shame culture but like at the same time you have to remove the label of sex being bad yes it really just is about willing to talk about it even if you think it's embarrassing is it's important for parents to reach out to kids to talk about it because like if i have a kid i wouldn't want them to like you know the first knowledge of sex would be porn because essentially porn is a fantasy and they might not be able to differentiate between porn and reality but i think it's just i guess young people could ask about it and depends on their parents um (laughs) reaction but you know sometimes you know sit them down and be like uh guys can we like talk about this it's nothing bad you just have to tell them that like it's essential that young people have this kind of education at home or at school just because yeah just because sex is everybody's secret and everyone's doing it so yeah. Just lay it open and be like, hi guys, can we like talk about this? I mean, maybe, um, Jason, are there resources for parents? Because, you know, many, many parents themselves maybe didn't have a good sex education, so they don't even know what to say or, or you know, how to guide their kids um, when they become teenagers and they just hope someone else will take care of it. You know, the kids will find out on, the, on their own. So are there other resources for parents so that they can open the conversation or if they are too scared to open the conversation, at least they can be ready for the conversation? Currently, what we can find in the market is some, uh, um, some books, some story books for uh, younger children. Uh, but for teenagers, there is not much uh, this kind of resources available on the market because many of the uh, reference book or uh, biological textbooks they, they are in, in uh, 
their their text in English, but not in Chinese or Cantonese. Uh, there are some good books from Taiwan because they have better sexual education culture in Taiwan. Some of the NGOs will buy some uh, um, Taiwan uh, uh, textbooks to Hong Kong and be the uh, resources for the lectures. Okay, that's mm. okay. That's yes, and and like you said, you know that there are books for younger children. It comes to that start them young. You know, don't wait until puberty hits them so that they're teenagers to have that dialogue. A lot of the times, you know, these hormones will be running through their bo- bodies as young as sort of uh, eight, nine years old. So you've got to you know even start that conversation even before that, but before those uh, emotions start to run high or whatnot. Um, I do have a final question. I I do want to ask you. Actually, all three can can weigh in about this. And it is the, the current education system. Um, how can we improve that so that young people can get more information um, about sex? And, and, you know, it's it's about improving the whole education system. I mean, it's great that, you know, you, you, you're running programs so that young people can come to you. But what about raising the whole level um, of, of, of sex education? Jason, Kitty, Leanne? I mean, think back to when you guys were at school. Did you guys have sex education or was it just a class? I mean, for, for me personally, it was a class in biology, you know, and then we, we, we were given a banana that and then it. it was a condom and, you know, and everybody laughed about it and everybody giggled and then the teacher couldn't wait until the class was over and that was it. Didn't really talk about anything else. Didn't talk about women, by the way. Mm. Yeah, just men and the bananas. Yeah, in my in, in my experience, because I go to uh, secondary school in like ten years ago, um, I, I'm a bit very old already. I'm not a youth anymore. And uh, you what look I beautiful. experience is really <laughs> thank you. Uh, what I experience is uh, uh, is almost the same with you. Uh, they never talk. They seldom talk about sex education in school. They only mention about condoms. They only mention about STI. They they will use some threatening um 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 manner to tell us not to do this uh before you get married. Yeah, Threat- that's that's my personal experience. Threatening manner, threatening. Yeah. like what did they say? How did they threaten they, you? They they will tell you that uh you be uh get into a big trouble if you get pregnant or if you get a baby. You you will be being sued by law. You will uh you cannot get into the university. Uh, you will be kicked off. Uh, from the school, etc. Wow. They will just try Crazy. every way to stop you to doing this or that. Yeah, because uh, sex is taboo in school. That's their, that's their, um, that's what they believe. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Kitty. Um, like I think because um during the preparation of our workshops, we like really look up for some like references, and we found that like. Actually, there was a guidance provided by the gov- Hong Kong government for like school education about um, like gender, sex, sexuality, that kind of things. But the guidance was announced in like 1997, and now it's kind of like so outdated mm-hmm. and um, like not even applied in like each school. So we think that like if we use a top like top down method, like if the government can like keep um, like be updating about what's really happening in the society about um, gender issues, sex issues, sexuality, then they may um, provide some guidance for school um, to to have their like proper education because anyways, school is kind of a powerful authority and institution for um, teenagers to get 
like get educated. Mm. That's what skills should do. So I guess that's one point. And we also use some bottom up methods like this kind of um, NGO workshops so that um, people may find it's more interesting because sometimes um, like school teachers or schools, um, social workers, um, they might be still like a bit kind of distant from um, teenagers. They they still feel nervous to ask this kind of question or they don't have the trust because they, they might um, doubt that if they ask the um, teacher this kind of questions, the teacher will find their parents, then parents may blame them. So this kind of um, like um, um, community project or NGO provide other kind of opportunities for teenagers to ask for help or ask for extra information to like really can um, say out their concerns like without any con um, like without any um, I don't know maybe um, uh, fear or that kind of things so I guess like we have two way but um, maybe we can do it parallelly and then we can have better sex education in Hong Kong. Mm. Le Leanne just want to come to you because I know that uh, tomorrow you're running an event right on Facebook live um yeah and can so can you tell us about that i mean that would be a great way for for listeners to be able to actually you know get so some um basically tomorrow on facebook live we're gonna have a, a uh we're gonna have a facebook live event um from uh AIDS concerns facebook and um essentially it's just um part of the um youth educator um experience and they will share the experience and workshop um of their experience of what happened and how they um, plan plan their own programs and then we'll also have some professional social workers that are there to provide you know kind of their opinions and their experience as well so um yeah everyone's welcome to listen in to try and see you know just try try to experience this like kind of new age sex education thing yeah. <laughs> exactly absolutely it's virtual sex education exactly and, and you know in terms of covid it's great that you know you can get this sort of information in the comfort of your own you know home or, or tablet thank you so much uh, for all three for sharing thank you so much for bearing with us today has been a bit of a, a new learning curve for all of us with all the technology uh jason kitty leanne thank you so much have you guys got um any sort of social media how can people know more about the topics uh, uh, that you know that you have done and more about your workshops um maybe jason you go first about aids concern have you got a, a facebook page or a website that our listeners can follow your work okay yes uh, um for our for our agency aids concern we have a uh, website which is www.aidsconcern.org.hk and then for each team of our agency we'll have a unique uh, uh, uh facebook page and also IG page because many of the youth these days uh, they only use IG, IG but not Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's why uh, all the information can be found on our website. Okay, great. Well, we will we will share all their IG handles and also well some Facebook maybe uh, all on our Facebook Live today. Thank you so 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 much, uh, Leanne, and also Kitty and Jason for joining us. And that's Jason Chan, the Assistant Program Manager of Youths at AIDS Concern, and also Kitty Chan, whose topic was sex health, sexual health, and available local support service, and also Leanne Wu, whose topic was sex culture here in Hong Kong. Thank you very much, and stay in touch. Thanks and we look forward much. to having you back on next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.